members of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they actually love, and create real, amazing relationships. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author of the book Paycheck to Purpose, is my co-host today. His show, The Ken Coleman Show, concentrates on your work your career, your job, making more money, enjoying yourself a little more. And so he's going to be helping me with that part of the equation and anything else he and I want to talk about, because that's what we do here. We talk about you right in front of you. The phone number is 888-825-5225. We'll talk about your life. Give us a yell. Scott is with us to start this hour in Kansas City. Hey, Scott, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Dave, how are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Well. I have got a question. Um, after five long years with my previous employer, um, I actually lost my job a year ago in March. And I lost my job because I went into the hospital for two weeks. They claimed that as an unexcused absence. Um, long story short is, yesterday I get a um, court notice from a sheriff's officer at my doorstep for a hospital bill that whenever I guess I lost my job, my employer canceled my insurance and didn't tell me. And whenever I started my new job, um, I had everything in line and, and a plan and everything. And I called the collector that um, is suing me. And for a $9,000 hospital bill, it is now upwards of $15,000 and the collector is not budging and told me that they will see me in court, and that is in writing enough, and I don't know how to handle this. Mm. Okay. Uh, so how long ago was the hospital stay? Uh, a year, just a little over a year. Okay. And so obviously you knew the bill wasn't paid, right? No, I did not. Yes, you did. You knew that you'd been fired and you didn't have insurance and you went in the hospital. Of course you knew the bill wasn't paid. You didn't think well, that you didn't they, think an old employer kept insurance on you, really, did you? Uh yeah, because they fired me. I know. When you get fired, days. you lose your insurance and you lose your income. I mean, that's kinda like common sense, girl. They don't they don't you know, when I fire somebody at Ramsey, I don't keep covering them. Duh. They don't work here anymore. I mean, you know that. So but you, 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 so you were in, you were in the hospital during the time that you worked for the employer or after? Yeah, during. Well, then you should have had insurance coverage because they hadn't yet fired you, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. They canceled my insurance before they fired me. Okay. That's not normal. Um, Can you prove that? Yes. Okay. Because the way you set it up, it sounds like this is all a big, giant surprise to you. As in the other day when the sheriff showed up, this was the first you heard of it. That's the way it sounded. Is that true? Yes. Something just doesn't add up here to me. I'm not sure how you would not know about a bill. Yeah. Have they not called you one single time and asked you about why you hadn't paid the bill? No. Okay. Um, what do you make now at your new job? 
74000 Okay. Right. Well, you've got two choices. Um, one is uh, work out a deal with the collector. If that doesn't work, work out a deal with the collector's attorney when it does go to court. Okay? That's choice number one. You probably can settle this with the attorney when it actually goes to court. You just have to take a day off and run down there and meet the little attorney, and he'll have a whole box of other people's files that he's working on, 500 deals at one time, and you'll just be in a line like you're going to traffic court running on a ticket. That's about what this will feel like. It's really pretty lowbrow. It's not even as much drama as Judge Judy. And so um, you'll just walk in there and find the little goober who's not got a really good job as an attorney. If you're doing small collections as an attorney, that's like the bottom of the barrel. You're not, you're not really high on the food chain. So you're going to find the little goober attorney and start working on a deal, and you'll probably settle it for paying payments, an agreed order it's called, and work your way through this. That's option one. Option two is go get an attorney yourself and ask if you have any legal rights that were violated by your employer canceling your insurance before they fired you because that's very weird. And I don't know if you have any rights in your state on that or not, but I would want to know that because I would not, I would cancel someone's health insurance that worked here on the day that we fire them or the day that they quit either one. There's no sense in covering people that used to work here. We don't do that. No one does that that I know of. Um, but I don't cancel people's insurance and I don't think I can cancel people's insurance punitively before they leave weeks, months before they leave, especially without even telling them that feels like there might be a legal issue there where your old employer ends up paying this bill because they should not have canceled your insurance to settle the potential lawsuit that you've got coming at them. So I'm probably going to talk to an attorney and at least get some advice on that. Um, cause I don't know what your rights are. I don't know if anything was violated. It just sounds unethical the way you have presented it. Now, um, the, uh, the hole in what you're presenting is the, the whole idea that you never had any idea that this was coming for an entire year. That one is going to be hard for people to swallow because I've been dealing with collectors for years. And the only thing they're good at is pestering the crap out of you. And so the fact that you've not had a single contact from anyone at the hospital, at the insurance company, at anywhere, that, the, that there's nothing came in the mail, nothing, not one thing, that, that's really hard to swallow. So you're going to have trouble selling that one to the judge. Um, if you go before either judge, the one on the collection or the one for the thing. So you better get your crap together on that story. Uh, but. The, uh, I'm not, I'm not accusing you of lying. I just think I, I will tell you that I, like 1% of the time I would hear something like that happening. So, um, yeah, it just doesn't happen. So you need legal advice is what I think. And, uh, it's more than I can give you because I really don't know the law in Kansas on that. And that's, that's what you're looking at. So Ken, I actually got a collections notice. You did? Yeah. And I thought, well, this is bogus. Like as in recent times, about like 30 years ago? About, about a year and a half ago. Okay. <laughs> I got to hear this. And I just threw it in the trash. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is a complete scam. Obviously, I don't have debt out for collection. Right. Obviously, I don't have an unpaid bill. Oh, my God. You know, I've got a controller that pays our bills. So finally, I, I handed it to our attorney the third time he came in. I said, call this guy and get rid of him. He comes back in and he goes, that's the time the ambulance picked up your wife when she passed out at the restaurant yes and i said oh, okay we do owe that that gun 
No way. And But I had never, like this guy, I had never heard a thing before I got a collections notice. The ambulance people never sent a bill. But um, I'm like, there's no way I have a bill outstanding. And sure enough, you Sure did. enough, I did. I was a deadbeat. Oh, boy. There you go. How that didn't make national news, I'll yeah. never know. Well, now it will. <laughs> this is The Ramsey Show. Hey, folks, Dave Ramsey here. There are moments in life we don't want to forget, like your kid's graduation or the once-in-a-lifetime trip. For the big moments, the everyday moments, and everything in between, every dollar is there to help you budget for all of it. It's the simple budgeting app that helps you plan, save, and spend for the important things. Budget for the life you really want, every moment of it. Download the app or check the link in the show notes to create your free account today, every dollar. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personalities, my co-host Lexi, is in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Hi, Lexi. How are you? I'm good, Dave. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Um, so I just had a quick question. I've been um, listening to the show for about two weeks now, and I'm really trying to get everything in order here. Um, I had a previous 401k with my previous employer, and I took it out stupidly about a year and a half ago and put the money in a CD. Um, it's and you've paid the taxes and penalties then when you filed your taxes, right? Correct, yes. Okay. I'm sorry. Um yeah, yeah. Um, I have $2,500 in credit card debt and then $5,900 in student loans. Um, the CD comes due in January. Obviously, I'll be making payments um, and trying to get done with this debt soon. How much is in the CD? 4000 Okay. I would not wait for it to come in. I'd cash it out now. You would? Yeah. And pa- just pay off, your, pay, off your, pay, off your, pay off your credit card. Okay. And Lexi, cut it up. Yeah, yeah, I and really have to do get that. Get a debit card. Are you on a budget yet? Yes, sir. I have every dollar. Good, good. You're using every dollar. Perfect. That's exactly what you need to do. So that gives you the sense that I'm in control and I don't need a credit card because I'm only going to spend money that I have, right? Right, yeah. Good, good. How old are you? 25. You are right on track. You are doing so good. What a great turn in two weeks you've made. Yeah. Very proud yeah, of you. Thank you, sir. That's very difficult to do. You've already done some difficult things. You got ahead of it, got on top of it, made it behave with the Every Dollar app. The budget is you telling your money what to do instead of wondering where it went. And using Every Dollar to do that was brilliant. And, and you know, now we got rid of the credit card. Now all we got left is a student loan, right? And you got right, yeah. And, and you got fifteen hundred dollars in your account left. Because we didn't yeah. use the whole 4000 So baby step one is save 1000 Have you heard us yet talk about the baby steps? Mm-hmm. You have? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I have uh, my emergency fund set up, so I'm on step two. So you have, you have um, $1,000 in addition to this CD? Correct, yeah. Good. Okay, then take the other 1500 and throw it at the student loan. So that brings us from 5900 down to 4400 Mm-hmm. Now you got four thousand four hundred dollars in debt left. What do you make? Uh, Forty-four thousand a year. Okay. How much can you squeeze out a month to throw at this debt? Um, I mean, you're living probably. on nothing now, beans and rice. You're not going out to eat. You're not going out on the weekends. You're not going on vacation. We're getting this debt gone. Yeah, yeah. 
I would say probably around $400 extra a month I could do. Okay, I want you to jack that up, and I want you to pick up a side gig. I'd love for you to be debt-free by Christmas, and you only got $4,000 to do that, so you need about 1000 bucks a month. Wow, okay, yeah. So now you're free for Christmas, and when you start 2024, you're a whole new person. You're ready to get in attack mode. I really like where your head is right now. You're, you're, the way you're thinking is the way people think when they turn the corner on this whole money subject and they get control, they get out of debt, and later you're going to become a millionaire because you did this. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, sir. You can do this. Have you got a copy of Total Money Makeover yet? No, I do not. I'm going to send that to you as a gift. Proud of you. Very, very well done. Ken, that's a big start. Huge. And you heard her say in two weeks. So there's some real momentum that she's created in a very small window of time. Yeah. You, you change, you know, you go, okay, can't do that anymore. Yeah. Okay. Can't do that anymore. Oh, I'm going to start doing this. Not doing that. Doing this. Not doing that. Doing this. And you start having a new list and you say, this is who I am. And as our friend James Clear says in Atomic Habits, you start saying, I am not a person who borrows money. You, you don't say, oh, 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 how can I not borrow money? You just say, I am going to ident- my, change my identity. Now, uh, the, the way I talk about myself in my head, which is where people are the meanest, by the way, when they're talking to themselves. Uh, well, the way I talk about myself is now I'm on my way to being a Baby Steps millionaire. When we talked to a guy at the break, I paid off a half a million dollars. Yeah. Baby, became a Baby Steps millionaire yeah. just a minute ago. And, uh, you know, I mean, and I, you know, this is freaking, that's like turn a mountain down, man. Oh, yeah. That's a big deal. You don't do that crap. You don't win at that level on an accident. But you could almost hear the resolve in her voice. Oh, yeah. You could tell that she had already bought it. Now she was trying to figure it out. She's bought the philosophy. Yeah. She, she, that's the part. And then she was like, okay, good. And even just the politeness, I mean, she's not a kid, but just the thank you, sir. There's a humility, a spirit of, oh my goodness, Gratitude. I have figured out that this can be done and I'm on my way yeah. and see, she's unstoppable. Yeah. She'll never waver. Yeah. Versus somebody calls in and tries to talk me into <laughs> right. doing, letting them do, endorsing their stupid. That is behavior. my favorite. Dave, you've talked to 7,642 people on this, this particular week, topic. This week. Are you sure that's you not sh- what true about for me? me? What about me? Should I borrow money at 1.99% on my car and put that money into a CD, Dave? Really? As if you're going to go, you know what? You know what? Just for you. We're gonna I, I think we're going to do a special dispensation. Yeah, just for you. <laughs> we need to give you some kind of like where you go, all right, I will give you. The like law Oprah of gravity used to give a works car. for everyone. Yes. I'm going to give you an exception. You. And not an exception. You. Yeah. Not for you. The law of gravity does not apply to you. That's it. The, it's a law, but it's not It's not a law. And here's what's funny about that. We're joking around, but that's actually illustrating why she's going to win. Why she's going to win, because she she's already got it. She believes it. Those people still doubt it, and they think that if they ask you another way, yep. that you're going to identify a crack. Yep. Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah. 30 years. <laughs> Austin in Huntington, West Virginia. Hey, Austin, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Mr. Ramsey. Hi, Ken. Uh, I was just wondering, how can I find a job I'm passionate about without a college degree? Well, we got to find the job first, uh, the direction first. In fact, it's less about job. It's more about path. The type of work is what I'm talking about. And then we go, does it require a degree to do that thing? So my guess is you have a couple of ideas, yes? Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm good with uh, computers and audio and things like that. Great. All right, let's take those two different things. Let's separate those. Let's say just computers, and we'll just say that's the technology path. I can tell you right now, 
You don't need a degree. You don't need a degree. There are all kinds of, let's just take one example, of coding boot camps. There are uh, certifications in cybersecurity. Let me tell you, design. So those are three specific jobs within a technology path where you don't need a degree. And uh, I would tell you, I endorse Bethel Technology. Uh, Ramsey Solutions works with them. They've got a nine-month program, less than $15,000. And I just got another report yesterday of a single mom who was making 39000 just took a job for eighty-five. Yep. No college degree. So this is real stuff. This isn't hype. Now let's look at the, the, the audio side of By things. By the way, we hire them at Ramsey. We hire them. Yeah, we do. From Bethel Tech. That's right. And they're great. I mean, yeah. it's just because we need coders and they're yeah. making, you know, they're making banks. So. That's right. Uh, BethelTech.net for our listening audience and viewing audience. If you want to just check them out, tell them Ken and Dave sent you. Uh, but let's talk about the audio side. So here we are in the shadows of Nashville, right? Music City. Audio engineers can do very, very well. And again, no college degree necessary. So what you do now do, Austin, is a thing I call the proximity principle. And I'm going to give you that book here when we put you on hold in a minute. It was a best-selling book. And here's what I want you to do. Over the next 30 days, I want you to be very intentional to spend some time in person or on the phone or Zoom with, with people that are in those different fields. So if you're interested in more of the design side of tech, go that route. If you're interested in more of the coding side of tech or cybersecurity, find somebody who knows somebody in that industry and just ask them questions like you were doing a high school term paper. Same thing on the audio side. The reason is I want you to get an idea of what their journey was, get an idea of what they do day in, day out, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And the reason I want you to do this is because it allows your head to process this information and then your heart kind of goes ding, 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 or gives you that X sound. So hang on the line. We'll get you the proximity principle, which is going to give you a much more detailed, clear path to get around people that are doing what you think you want to do so that you figure out if it is the thing you want to do. Uh, we have never, we got a bunch of audio engineers on the team, a bunch of computer tech folk on the team of all kinds, uh, and we've never not hired one of those because they did not have a four-year degree. Not one time. All we want to know is, can they do the freaking job? That's all we care. This is The Ramsey Show. Guys, it's no secret that the real estate market is weird right now. So go with a mortgage company you can trust to have your back. Churchill Mortgage. Churchill is Ramsey trusted because they're stable, reliable, and focused on you. At a time when a lot of companies are being bought out or going out of business, count on Churchill Mortgage to stick around. They've been doing things the right way for over 30 years, and they'll keep doing them the right way for 30 more. Get started at churchillmortgage.com. This is a paid advertisement. NMLS ID 1591. NMLS Equal housing lender. 1749 Mallory Lane, Suite 100. Brentwood, Tennessee 37027. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co host today. Open phones at 888 825 225. Our question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub, hub for home services. Neighborly.com is the place to find reliable help for your home from locally owned businesses like AirServe, Dryer Vent Wizard, Precision Garage Door Service, Window Genie, and more. For expert help with just about anything you need, visit Neighborly.com. Today's question comes from Aaron in Illinois. I recently voluntarily surrendered a truck I owed $56,000 on, and then they sold it at auction for $40,000. Now I'm finding out they can put a lien on my house or garnish my wages. 
what should I do? I'm looking into filing bankruptcy or trying a debt settlement company. Yikes. Yeah. Okay. So a voluntary repo is a repo. And guess what they do with repoed cars? They sell them on the repo lot. And guess what they do with the difference, the deficit? They expect you to pay it. So, yeah, they have, you know, you now have a $16,000 debt instead of a $56,000 debt. Um, so for any of you that have friends or relatives or any of you that think you can just turn a car in and it automatically wipes out the debt, um, here's your life lesson. You can't. It doesn't. They're going to come after you for the difference. That's the bad news. So the good news, Aaron, is a debt settlement company can help you. And the good news is you're not bankrupt. You can settle a car deficit, repo deficit for somewhere around a quarter on the dollar. So you owe $16,000. That means somewhere around 4000 bucks will settle this. So long before they sue you, and they haven't sued you yet, they haven't even bothered you yet. It takes them a while. Repo on a car, they usually don't get around to it for 12, 14 months after the repo. So, um, But they, they are going to come calling, so let's not pretend like this is not going to happen. You're not bankrupt, though. You need four or 5000 bucks cash in an account to offer them as settlement in full. Negotiate that out. And if you don't have four or 5000 which I'm guessing you don't, you just turned your car in, so you're probably broke. So what are we going to do? We're going to go get four or 5000 bucks. Where do we get that? We deliver pizzas. We walk dogs. We uh, sell everything. Uber eat. We sell everything. Sell so much stuff the kids think they're next. We get in gear and we get on a tight tight budget we don't got to eat while we have four thousand dollars five thousand dollars six thousand dollars hanging over our head looking like a lawsuit we don't go on vacation with your broke brother-in-law because you're broke and you're in debt and people are getting ready to sue you you live on nothing and you pile up money guess what you can find four or five thousand dollars if you do that Mm -hmm. you can in four or five months or sooner so go get you some money that's what I'm going to tell you. And then call these goobers and offer them to settle. They're not going to settle in the first phone call. This is not a pleasant situation. This is a situation where you haven't paid someone what you owe them. And they are going to use the law and every technique they can to squeeze every dime out of your turnip butt. It's what they do. Okay? So you're going to have to argue with them. You're going to have to fuss with them. You're going to say, all I got is $5,000. You want to sue me? You can sue me because I can't do anything. But they cannot put a lien on your house, and they cannot garnish your wages until they have sued you and won. And then that either one of those other two things is called executing on the judgment. Now, um, different states have different laws as to how aggressively you can execute. Texas, for instance, you don't get a lien on your house. They won't let you. Uh, other states, I think Texas won't allow garnishment even. Uh, so uh, very friendly to the consumer state. Uh, Illinois may allow them to come take your firstborn. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know what, what the law says, okay? But, uh, you know, you can find that out. But here's the thing. it's None of it's going to happen fast, and none of it's going to be a surprise. And there's not a single state where they can take a lien on your house or uh garnish your wages on a car repo deficit without first having gone to court and won. So you're going to have all kinds of warning and opportunities to settle with the people, with the people's attorney, in front of the judge. You're going to have all kinds. You can even settle the judgment after the court has rendered a judgment. You can settle that for pennies on the dollar. Uh, And all of that will stop this from happening. Doing nothing means they may take your house and sell it for this debt. 
Doing nothing means they will garnish you if they can. So doing nothing is a really stupid butt idea. But if you'll be active and get some money piled up and just be bothering them as much as they bother you, you can get this settled and you can get it out of your life. Always do everything in writing and no electronic access to your bank account when you're settling a debt because these people in this business are, some of them are straight up, but a lot of them are filthy. And so you, they'll come clean out your account. And if you had 6000 in there, you settle for four, they'll take the whole six. Try getting that other two back when you owe them 16 Never happened. So don't, no electronic access to your checking account, cashier's check, something like that, wire transfer, whatever it is, but no access to your account. And, of course, have to have it in writing that this is settled in full. The entire deficit balance on said surrendered truck is settled for $4,462 or whatever it is you finally agree with after arguing and arguing and arguing and arguing. But you're not bankrupt, and a debt settlement company can't help you uh, they don't do a good job with debt settlement, and they don't take this kind of debt settlement anyway. And so you're going to get screwed again if you start trying to figure out somebody else to do this for you. you got to go do it. You're in charge of you. It's like a full-time job. Nikki's in Wichita, Kansas. Hey, Nikki, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave and Ken. Okay, need help. I'm 63. Already kind of had anxiety about retirement, but... Recently, I'm just becoming more um, stressed out at work and just kind of tired of it and um, want to know, need your opinion. Uh, I currently live in Kansas, have a house, thinking about selling, moving to Tacoma, Washington to be closer to my son and adorable granddaughters and just trying to figure out if that's a crazy idea based on what it costs to live in Kansas versus what it costs to live in Washington State. So I can, can I share some numbers with you? Sure. Okay. So um, I have about 400K in um, my 401Ks. 50 of that is Roth. Um, I make 155 gross. Um, my house, I owe 134. And don't yell, I have a $20,000 HELOC at a crazy 10% interest. Um, it is on a, on a, on three years into a 15 year fixed on it. What's about, what's on um, worth? I think it should be 285 from who I've talked to. Okay. Um, and then, um, what I was thinking is that then I could just go to Tacoma. I actually found a lower level of a house, um, to rent possibly at $1,800 a month with all utilities included. And take, you know, a year to get to know the area, decide where I want to live, um, you know, take whatever I make from this house, just kind of, you know, stick it in the bank, try to add to it, and then, um, you know, go that direction. I am just nervous about retirement. Um, I hadn't really thought about retiring, like, today, six months, a year. What's it take for you to live if you live this retirement life? How much do you need a month? um, I mean, I would like to have... You know, five thousand. Mm-hmm. You're not. You don't have it. Well, you would. Okay. You might with Social Security. You know. So if your four hundred made ten percent, that's forty thousand a year. Okay. Yeah. That's thirty three hundred bucks a month. Okay. Yep. Okay. With, with Social right. Security, and that's putting a hundred down on a house, the hundred from your other old house. Right. So. 
Yeah, I, I think you're going to experience a real lifestyle shock going from $155,000 income to a $40,000 income. Yeah. I don't so, think you're that tired of that work yet. I could be wrong. I mean, mathematically, <laughs> I'd love for you to work a couple more years, mathematically, because I'd love for that 400 to turn into 600 or 700. Uh, it would change the whole equation because this is pretty tight. And I'd like you to consider making the move to making 155 or higher in Tacoma. Keep on working, but you're near those beautiful grandbabies. Adorable. That would be Adorable. the option. Adorable, Adorable, she said. Adorable. That would be the option I'd look at first. I don't think you could quit working yet, so work closer to them. Find, find some different work that makes some money. You're not done yet. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen. If you can't even remember the last time you had half an hour to yourself, be honest. Ask why. It's probably because everyone else's schedules, priorities, and emergencies are driving your life. And when you can't keep carrying that load, talking to a professional therapist can be a game changer. Therapy can be a place to work through your challenges with time, boundaries, commitments, and your own self-worth. Therapy can be incredible for figuring out what even makes you happy anymore and how to go make that happen. If you're thinking of starting therapy, try BetterHelp. Because therapy isn't just for people who've experienced trauma. It's great for building skills to be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is completely online, so it's flexible enough to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Mark's in Nashville. Hey, Mark, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you doing today? Better than I deserve. What's up? Uh, Well, I'm calling in to ask uh, if it's a good decision or a short-sighted decision to cash out what happened my 401k thus far uh, that I was contributing to before I started on the baby steps uh, in order to pay off my student loans faster. Mm. How much is in your 401k? Uh, not like a ton. Um, I have about 27 and a half and I used an online calculator mm-hmm. uh, that said that if I, after penalties and everything, I'd get about 20, 19 or 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get hit a 10% penalty plus your tax rate. So it'll be somewhere between 30 and 40% of it goes to the government for taking it out early. So it's kind of like saying, Dave, I want to borrow money at 35% interest to pay all my student loans. Nope. 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 Not doing that one. No, we don't cash out retirement early to pay debt because of that. It's just that the, the cost is too high. So, um, so how much student loan debt have you got, huh? I've got about 52000 left. Now, what do you make? About 56000 a year. Good. How much is your car payment? I don't have one. I bought a car cash. Good. Good for you. What other debts have you got other than the 56000 student loan? Um, I have a small medical debt, but uh, that's it. Okay, good. You're single? I sure am, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, what I would do if I woke up in your shoes, my, sir, my, my friend, is I would... Um, roll up my sleeves and attack it with an absolute vengeance because I have found in 30 years of doing this that the faster you get out, 
um, the uh, more likely you are to get out. And uh, the people who try to bump along and half butt, you know, keep it around like it's a pet, uh, they don't make it out. And so I'm going to go just like crazy, like where my broke friends think I joined a cult crazy, right? I'm going nuts, uh, like nothing. I'm not going out to eat. I'm not going on vacation. I'm going to pick up three extra jobs. I'm going to sell everything in sight. And if you put 25000 a year on this, you'll be done in two years. But that's you living on nothing. If you uh, put... 30 on it, you'll be done in 14, 15, 16 months. Um, that's because you're working extra and living on nothing. But that's the kind of thing I'm saying is just take a an 18-month period of time and go berserk and be done with this. Otherwise, it's going to be around for 10 years. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, in, in 10 years of paying it, I've barely made a dent. So. Yeah, you, can't, you, can't, you just can't get rid of them. They're just... It's like a bad mother-in-law joke. I mean, you just... It's awful. <laughs> so, Mark, fun question here. All right. And I want you to be conservative, but I want you to, to throw a number at me. If you really got after it, extra jobs, selling stuff, I mean, just really intense, like Dave said, what do you think is the number you could come up with, the amount of money that you could throw at this loan? Could you do 2000 a month, 1500 3000 I mean, you really went after it. What's a number you think is realistic? Yeah, doing some of those calculations, I think what I landed on was that the absolute max before I'm starting to have to cut into bills or like get the internet turned off is about 1800 a month that's without you making any extra money correct yeah that's I'm just saying, my current that's like if i'm paying rent and that's it yeah that's what, what, fantastic. Do you, what do you do for a living i work for uh, i'm an it professional for an eyeglass company okay freelance work my man oh. like how much money could you make with your it skills yeah contracting additional out. money contracting work out in the evenings oh my gosh dude yeah, I've never looked into that. I don't. Yeah. I don't know anything about freelancing IT. Three or four thousand bucks a month. Dude. That's your homework assignment. Easy. Look at your skill set. All yeah. the certs you have. You yeah. know your world better than we do. But uh, I'm telling you, you've, you've if you done could a good, that, You've done an unusually good job yeah. for someone who's new to this material that we teach. Yeah. You, you know, this is fair. This whole Ramsey thing's fairly new to you, so I can tell by the way you're talking. But the uh, and that's not bad. But you've done an unusually good job of analyzing your situation. And you've already cut deep. If you could get two thousand a month out of your budget and put three on top of it, that's five. You're done in ten, twelve months, dude. Yep. That's the exercise. Wow. The beauty of this whole call is you've got an untapped reservoir called IT side jobs that's going to pay really good. It might even open up a career for you that you didn't even know you had yep. uh, advancement in this in this thing. It's absolutely incredible. So, Ken, the student loans are top of mind right now because yep. they're starting. They're going to start paying them again yep. in October. That's right. And, um, you know. The first thing that happened was there was false hope. People have kind of gone through the um, yes. the stages of grief, right? It's really it was true. False hope that Biden was going to forgive the debt, mm-hmm. and then once the false hope, and it was false. Yep. Those of us that know a little bit about it told you it was false, but that people held out anyway. Okay. Mm-hmm. False hope. Now then it turned to anger, mm-hmm. you know, and, and or denial, anger, and now it's moving to fear. Sure. Because yes. I'm looking up and I've got $900 a month I'm going to start That's paying in exactly October. Right. And I'm going to have to work an extra job and I'm not going to see my kids. And I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what we're doing, I was just in a meeting a few minutes ago talking about the content that we're building out for this uh, student loan live stream event yep. on September the 12th, uh, Tuesday night, just yep. about two, three weeks away is all. Yep. Uh, just the Tuesday after Labor Day, right? So, uh, you know, 
Guys, you got to get this down. Student loan live stream, RamseySolutions.com slash student loans. Rachel Cruz and Jade Washaw and I are going to do an event. Now, this is not to talk about how horrible student loans are. We That's kind of a given. <laughs> That's we right. don't really need to do a live event for 100,000 people to yell at you and tell you how stupid student loans are. We all kind of know that now. But we've, you know, what we want to do is I, we know you're getting, you're, some of you are getting, have woken up enough that you're scared. And some of you are still just freaking in denial. We'll smack you around a little too. But, but, because denial is not just a river in Egypt. But the, uh, but the, the ones that are scared, you know, our company is called Ramsey Solutions. So we're going to bring you some solutions yep. for your student loan debt. And some of it was what we were just talking to Mark about. I mean, there's not any, we don't have a magic pill. We don't have a, uh, a financial hack for your student. You know, you, the, the financial hack is you. Get you a mirror, baby. I'll go mm-hmm. ahead. Spoiler alert. I'm going to tell you what we're going to tell you, right? But if you've got student loans bearing down on you and, um, you know, you're a little bit mad about it or you're a little bit scared because it's coming down at you or you got someone in your life that that's going on that then they don't know what to do they're discombobulated confused overwhelmed with the awkwardness of this thing coming at you man i gotta tell you there's like 40 million people in america right now that need some solutions and the that's the bad news the good news is we got the solution we can help you yeah, please not tell gonna, your friends and family. Not going to be easy, but you can do it. Ramsey Solutions. It's completely free yes. live stream, September the 12th, student loan live stream, RamseySolutions.com slash student loans. Sign up today. We'll send you the link. You can watch the thing completely for free. Rachel Cruz, Jade Washaw. Jay paid off $265,000 in student loans. She knows from whence she speaks. Yeah. And I, I would just want to challenge those of you who listen and watch on a regular basis. This show is encouraging you. It's equipping you to move forward. Would you just commit to posting on social media? RamseySolutions.com slash student loans. If you can't remember that, go to RamseySolutions.com, click on our events page. The details will be there. Let people know that this is a free event they can watch anywhere from their phone, their device, uh, whatever. Because, Dave, this message, there's, there's a lot of people who don't know about us yet. And if you say, hey, these people I trust, I listen and watch these people, you're the greatest recommendation that we could ever have. And say, look, yeah. they're helping me get out of debt. Don't let this student loan repayment freak you out. We've helped, Share more, it. We've helped more people get out of debt than anyone yeah. walking the earth today. Yeah. So Tell people. Uh, we Post can do it. it. We can do it. I mean, it's not magic, and it's not easy. And I'm not going to tell you it's, you know, three easy steps and you're going to, no, no, it's not. It's going to be a pain in the butt. Yeah. But you got a big old mess, honey. It's not going to be easy. That's right. You got a lot of manure to shovel. So expect to expect to some stink, right? That, yeah. that goes with the territory. It comes with overalls. But I can help you with this. Yeah. I, you know, you don't have a callus when you're done, but I can help you. I can show you what to do. And we have helped a bunch of people. So please, yeah, get signed up for this student loan live stream. And it's all about helping you have a solution to the problem, not just barking about the problem. RamseySolutions.com slash student loans. Free live stream. Register right now. This is The Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving in storage studios. It's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love and create actual amazing relationships 
Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author of the book Paycheck to Purpose and host of the Ken Coleman Show on Ramsey Networks is my co-host today. He talks a lot about jobs and careers and work. You got questions about that? This would be a good day for you to jump in and do that, but we're going to help you with whatever you need. We're talking about your life. 888-825-5225. Jackson, Baltimore. Hey, Jack. How are you? Hey, Dave and Ken. Thanks for taking this call. Sure. I'm um, just going to find out um, if I should move forward with uh, selling my home or taking a chance um, to remain in it and possibly sell it next summer. Uh, here's the issue that's going on right now. Currently behind uh, close to $70,000 uh, on my mortgage. You're uh, behind $70,000? Yes. How much is your house payment? Um, house payment is about 20, about 2,300. So that's about two and a half, three years. How in the world have you gotten two or three years behind? They haven't foreclosed on you. Um, oh, it was COVID. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're just now getting around to you. The post COVID foreclosures are catching up now. Okay. So have they started foreclosure yet? Uh, no, they haven't. Uh, I went through the loss mitigation process, which was a grueling process. Uh, my application was accepted. Um, I did receive a, a trial payment plan this past Saturday. The, the payments, uh, well, it's a three-month payment plan. Uh, the payments are feasible. Definitely can afford it. Um, however, on this past Monday, I received a letter from my lender stating that my, uh, my loan was being sold uh, to a new lender. What kind so of a loan question, do you have, FHA, VA, or conventional? Uh, VA loan. Okay, the loss mitigation was approved by the VA then. The lender, it'll go with the loan. Okay. The new lender will, um, the new it, lender will honor this. Okay, all right. And then the other thing is, we during this process, since we was waiting to hear back um, if we were going to basically receive a payment plan or not, we put our house on the market. Uh, we did receive an offer. Um, if we were to move forward with the offer, um, it can potentially, after the payoff amount, net us uh, um, close to 100 k Okay. So, well, well, let me ask you this. Why um, Why are you three years behind on your house? Uh, lost income. For three years? Yep. Oh, okay. Are you back? Why did you lose? Why did you not work for three years? Uh, disability reasons. Okay. Um, so was the disability permanent? Uh, yes, it's permanent. And I just started back working again within the means of my disability. Mm-hmm. So what do you make? Um, uh, right now household with my wife, about just a little over 200 K as of right now. With the wow. new job. What was the nature of your disability, sir? Um, going to, I mean, from physical ailments to mental ailments, I'm a uh, 100% disabled veteran. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, thank you for your service. Yes, sir. Um, which thank is you. another reason you got lost mitigation from the VA. Okay. Um, how long have you lived in this house? Uh, for about, about five years, I believe. Okay. About five years. If I'm in your shoes and I've been through the hell that you all have been through, um, the last thing I want to do 
is uh, walk through mud knee deep for the next many, 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 many months trying to get current. When I have a good offer on the table that gives me a fresh start, I'm selling this puppy and taking a fresh start. Clean, take the whiteboard, erase everything off the whiteboard. Now we got a fresh, clean, grace-filled windshield looking forward. If I look in the rearview mirror, I'm going to see some piles of poop. But looking out the windshield, it's clean. You follow me? Yes. And I really personally like that kind of fresh start feeling. You've got a real opportunity to do that here. Um, it involves moving, which is a pain in the butt. But, you know, you make 200 a year, you got got 100 in your pocket, and this problem is gone. I really like that. Yeah. Okay. You see why? Do you, you get, you see, it's not really a financial thing as much as it's emotional, and you're going to end up, either way, you're going to end up with a house. But you're going to have to go through, I mean, every time you pay double, triple payments, it's like a, uh, a bell going off in your head reminding you of the disability you just clawed your way through. But if you don't have that, you just got a fresh new life, then you got a fresh new life, you know? You don't have something reminding you of the past every time you write a dadgum check. You know what I'm talking about? Totally understand. And I, I, so I just think there's some mental health to that. If I'm in your shoes, now I've never been in your shoes, literally, where, where I served and I you know, came home uh, you know, with, with disabilities, uh, and I've never had that problem, but I have had the problem of my past following me around. We all have had that problem, right? And so I, I just, so I can relate to you in that regard. And I just, I personally love a very clean, fresh start. That's why I like when someone, uh, for instance, goes through a divorce, make sure that everything is paid and clear and clipped. We don't keep paying payments together. We're not married anymore. Get it all cleaned up. Get it separate. You want the X to be an X. You know, you don't want a half butt still be tied in. Well, we got the kids. Make that the only thing you got together. Everything else needs to be clean because that way you can get on with the second chapter of your life, the third chapter of your life, whatever it is. You can't close the last chapter. And I just want to close your last chapter for you because I care about you. And I just, I hear it in your voice. I want the cleanliness. I'm taking the deal. I'm gone. Yeah. And? Take your time. If you've got to rent for a season, yeah. do it. you got a great combined income. Yeah. Assuming that you're looks like you're pretty healthy, you're cleared, uh, the best is yet to be here. And I think Dave is absolutely right. I wouldn't even think twice about this. I would clean it all up and begin the process of re-entering. He's been in a long season of healing and hurting and all the stress of the house. I, I absolutely agree, Dave. I think you absolutely right here. This is new square. I think your I think your wife's going to feel like that you oh. took, you took a, a you know like she's been walking around carrying yeah. something on her shoulders and she gets to set it down. Yeah. Mm. Like breathe. Yeah. Clean. Cool. Yeah. Mountain air. Peace. That's what I want here. That's what I'm after. And I want to just. And on behalf of Dave and our entire audience, point out that Jack's a true American hero, a great yes. American that would put his life on the line to serve our country and have to deal with all this junk. Uh, this is this is tough stuff, and we're really hoping and praying and cheering you on that this next chapter is going to be the best. So thank you for who you are, and uh, you got this. We're going to walk alongside of you. You got it, Jack. This is the Ramsey Show. 
I saw some recent financial statistics, and there was some pretty troubling news. When families were asked how long it would be before they faced financial hardship if a spouse died, nearly one-third said they'd be in trouble immediately. Another 44% said they'd be financially drained within six months. People, it does not have to be this way. Term life insurance plans are just plain cheap, and companies have made it even easier by not requiring exams in many cases. There really is no excuse to leave your family in this situation by not having life insurance. This is why I talk about Xander Insurance every day. They're committed to protecting families with the only products that I recommend, and their team keeps the entire process simple and affordable. Go to Xander.com for quick online pricing or call 800-356-4282. This has to be a priority. If your family is in this situation, you need to get this done. Ken Coleman-Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Lindsay is in Bangor, Maine. Hi, Lindsay. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave and Ken. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Well, um, my father passed away this Sunday. Oh, my. Yeah. Two days ago? Um, yeah, two days ago. Oh, I'm so sorry. How old was he? Uh, he was 62. Ooh, young. What was his name? Yeah, Michael. So what are you, in your 30s? I am, yep. Yeah. I'm so sorry. What happened to him? He had um, cancer. So it's been coming a while. Yeah, it's oh. been about a year. I'm yeah. So oh, my, honey. How can we? How can we help? Well, um, he, he left, um, me some money and I'm, I'm kind of freaking out because part of it, um, was cash that he gave to my aunt to give to me upon his death that he had just been saving. Um, and then part of it is, um, several smaller life insurance policies, um, and his house and vehicles, um, and some other, um, cash in the bank and, I am back at baby step one again for the second time um, due to I had a baby and then um, our income went down. So we've been working on um, getting back to baby step two and, and restarting the debt process again. We paid off about 30 So you're his, you're his sole heir? I, well, um, I have two brothers that also re- are receiving a portion of um one of his life insurance policies, but they didn't have a relationship. So he, he left a majority of it to me. Um, so you have so a car to sell, a house, you have a car to sell, a house to sell. You've got, yeah. I assume there's a will. There's a will. Um, and, um, to, to me, the, the thing I worry about the most is the money I have already, the $17,000, um, he had in savings. Um, that I, I, my aunt just deposited in my account yesterday. I just, I'm very worried that I, I was hoping to be through my debt free journey, um, before he passed. So I wouldn't, he, he worked his whole life, um, to, to save and to leave something behind. And he, he was extremely frugal and didn't spend money on himself because he wanted to have some money, um, for us. And what are you worried about? I, I don't want to, I'm, I'm worried that 
the money is just, I want to honor him and I want to be a responsible handler of this money. And I, I'm worried where we're back in baby step one. I don't, I don't know how to handle it. I don't know if I should use it towards our debt-free journey. I had thought about giving it back to my aunt and having her hold on to it for me for a little while and keep working the plan as we were. Um, so I, I, um, I just don't let, know. Let's, let's stop a second, okay? Um, if someone I love this dearly died two days ago, this is not the decision I need to make right now. Okay, you're you're trying to talk through um, a heart that's hurting and make math decisions so what i want you to do is take the seventeen thousand out of your account go open a savings account a six-month cd or a three-month cd and it's not attached to your checking in any way and just pretend like it's not there for a little while get you you do not need the weight of losing your father and the weight of worry about you misbehaving with the money at the same time yeah it's too much it's too fresh it's too raw <laughs> yeah and you give yourself room to cry okay and let's just let's just let's just hurt about losing him for right now and we'll yeah. worry about the money stuff when we can breathe a little better is that okay yeah yeah. Yeah. So here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to work through the estate stuff as whenever you can, but just keep it all separate for two or three, four months, five months, and get where you can breathe. And then, okay. when your head is is a little more clear, because you're a human being that loved his, loved her dad. Okay, you got to give yourself a little room for that. And when your head's a little bit more clear, then you sit down with your husband. I take it you're married the way you've been saying this, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, well, you I kept am. saying we are on baby step, so I'm making sure. Yeah. And you you just had a baby, so that's what I was going with. Okay. So, um, you sit down and say, "All right, we're going to go through financial peace university, and we're we're going to dial this in. We're going to get on the every dollar budget, and we're going to work these baby steps exactly, and we're going to use Dad's legacy to do that. But the only way I can do that." and keep my sanity is to know that we never go back. We have it. Our habits are permanently changed. You and him have to make a, a pact pinky swear and spit shake, right? You have to make a contract with each other because the, the what's scaring you is, is that you're going to, your dad worked so hard and you're going to mess this up. That's what's scaring you. And the, what keeps you from messing it up is two things. One is you commit to this system, and two is you and your husband make a pact that we are sticking to this, and the reason we're doing that is to honor the legacy of my dad because that's where this freaking money came from. And so you have a real reason to do this right going forward, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But you don't need to do any of that today. That's later on when you can breathe. And the bad news is is that we're having this conversation today. The good news is it's on a podcast, and you can listen to it in four or five months, and it'll make more sense. 
Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to help you. We're going to put you through Financial Peace University. We're going to pay for it. Okay. So you hold on and Austin will get you signed up and you can get on every dollar. But I would just take any, go work through getting the house sold, the car sold. And every time something sells or you get another chunk of money in from a life insurance policy, just throw it all in that savings account. Just keep that side savings account, and you got a big old pile of money over there that's continuing to add up. And then when your head clears, you can take that money and drag it right over into the baby steps and go. But that's after you have some confidence from a contract with your husband that we're never going to do anything except these baby steps exactly this way. And you have some confidence that you've dialed it in. You believe that you're going to do it because you you you're going to have a different kind of broken heart called regret. And that's what you're afraid of. If you mess this up and you're not going to mess it up because now you got a real why honoring your dad's legacy is a great why. Yeah. You need to forgive yourself, Lindsay. We've all done dumb with money. We've talked about it on the air and there's a, there's something hanging on you right now. And I think what you have to do beyond what Dave said is you just got to forgive yourself. You just got to know, I'm not an idiot. I'm not a moron. And and I've got a plan now. And the plan helps. Yeah. So you're just like everybody so else. So we fell back. We're on baby step one again. That's right. Know? So I remember when I went bankrupt, I had to do that. Yeah. Uh, it took me a little while. Yeah. I, it not only stole my sure. confidence, sure. but I also was pretty pissed mm-hmm. at myself. Mm. And so I finally had to come to this real conclusion with the language in my head is, just because I did some stupid things does not mean I am, by definition, stupid. That's correct. That's right. Smart people sometimes do stupid things. Mm-hmm. And I was a smart person that did a bunch of stupid things, and it bit me in the butt. Yep. Well, welcome to being human. Yes. And so I can forgive myself for that. It's, but I'm not going to identify. I'm not going to say my new identity is stupid person. That's correct. No, my new identity is a person who never does those stupid things again. Yeah, that's right. That's my new identity. I'm tired of learning that thing over yeah. and over. It's time to move I on. i got plenty of new stupid stuff to do. I don't need to do the old ones <laughs> that's twice. That's correct. Yep. There's always that chance. Hey, hang on. We'll get you signed up, kiddo. If you need some more help, you call us anytime. Mm-hmm. This is The Ramsey Show. Fake it till you make it. It's popular career advice, but it doesn't work for very long. If you don't love what you do, you can't fake the enthusiasm and energy you need to win at work. You also can't fake your physical health and energy. Everybody knows we should eat more fruits and veggies, but fruit chews and veggie tips don't count. If you aren't winning physically, I promise you're limiting your opportunities to win professionally. Folks, I know you're going hard right now to pay off debt and get ahead professionally. You need another gear. And that's why Balance of Nature will help you. They help me. They give me the benefits of fresh, whole fruits and veggies in just seconds. The blend of 31 different fruits and veggies is powdered in an advanced process that locks in the nutrients. So go to balanceofnature.com and enter the promo code RAMSEY to get 35% off your first order and lock in a lifetime price as a preferred customer. That's balanceofnature.com with the promo code RAMSEY for 35% off your first order. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. Amy is with us in Chicago. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? My question is, is it common for debt that you've paid off to come off your credit report or then return on your credit report the next month? Um, A little bit of context. We just finished baby step two in July. Uh, My husband and I paid off $28,000 in student loans in July. Uh, It came off of our credit report. 
And then last week I got an email saying our score has increased by 78 points. Um, and then our loans are listed again. Okay. Um, no, that's not common. Um, okay. it's, um, so here's the thing. 52% of the credit reports have errors. 36% of them have errors that are so egregious it could keep you from getting credit. Yeah. Okay. So this falls in the category of error, obviously. And I think I know how it happened. I'm not 100% sure what to do about it. There's a couple of things you can try. But okay. um, uh, what happens is that these massive companies, in this case the student loan servicer, uh, they do downloads usually quarterly to the uh, of their database to the uh, to the credit bureaus okay so what happened was a single item was removed as a single item and then when they downloaded their latest data it still had your student loan in it they hadn't taken it out of that piece of data so when they did the batch download you were in the batch again that's what put it back on there I'm pretty sure Okay. Okay. So it, I would do two things to get it off. Number one, call the idiots. The, this is the problem with student loan servicers. They're absolute morons. I mean, it's just, it, you've had to deal with them before, right? I mean, it's like, oh, yeah. like, are your parents cousins? I mean, what is wrong with you people? You know, it's just, they can't find their butt with both hands. It's ridiculous how inept they are. So, but there's nothing you can do about it except fight through the bureaucracy. So, Call them like 62 times because that's what it'll take and tell them to get the stupid thing off your credit report again because it's paid off. Would you please note the file is zero balance? Now, please turn that into whoever. What, who is it? Experian or who is it? Yeah, Experian. Yeah. yeah. And, and poor Experian, they're dumb as they are too because they just take whatever <laughs> these people send them and load it on there, right? with no thought yep. whatsoever that it might be full of errors by some goob that didn't key, you know, uh, entering key data that doesn't care. So um, this is what you're dealing with, just a whole bunch of inept people that don't care. So that's one thing you can do is call them two or three, four times. Maybe they'll take it off again. The other thing you can do is with any debt on your credit report, you have the right, according to the Consumer Fair, debt, or, uh, Fair Credit Reporting Act, federal law, to dispute in writing any item on your credit bureau report. If they do not repair the uh, error within 60 days, you have the right to require them to completely remove it, the whole item, as if it never existed. Okay? And so uh, what I would do is just dispute this item, send it to Experian, return receipt requested so you have or FedEx so you have a date of delivery proof when the 60 days started okay you have 60 days from this date to prove the accuracy of this item it is inaccurate it should be a zero balance if you have not corrected it within 60 days you will be forced to remove it I will force you according to the Federal Fair Credit Reporting Act write that down Federal Fair Credit Reporting Act so any of you that have an error on your credit report, that's how you that's how you get the error fixed. Now, here's what normally happens in the real world, not the land of law and uh, theory. In the real world, when you do that, almost never 
So, so Experian will send it out to the loan servicer, Navient or whoever it is then, right? You know, the, the loan servicer yeah. is almost always too incompetent to respond within 60 days. So Experian will hear nothing back from them to correct the error within 60 days. And so then you'll go back and go, you haven't heard anything. Take it off. Now, the problem with that is the next time they download a batch next quarter, it may show up again. Yeah. That's possible. Okay. But, and so, uh, I, you know, I probably am going to go ahead and do both. I'd fire off the letter, Federal Fair Credit Reporting Act, get the 60 days started. And in the meantime, I'd start calling Navient or Sally May or whoever the flip this is and just wearing them out. Melmet is our new carrier now. So It's who? Melmet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. It's still not any better. But I mean, no, no. Have you called them yet? No, by chance, have you already called them? Credit, but did you already call um, them? I have. Yeah, I called. Them, they say it's zero on their end, so they're they're not sure why it shows up like that. Is what they tell me. Yeah. Well, here's what I'm sure of. You reported it to them wrong. That's what I would tell them. So you guys need yep. to call them. You need you need to send a note over there and tell them to take it off, like now, or I'm gonna file suit on you people. And by the way, ma'am, what was your name? I'm going to just, you know, I want to get the person on the other end's name because I'm going to blame you in the lawsuit. So you need to get off your <laughs> assets and get this fixed. Right? Jack them up. Exactly. Jack them up because exactly. they deserve it. Uh, and, you know, I'm not going to be, uh, you know, I'm not going to be mean until they just persist in their, you know, belligerent incompetence. And, and then we can turn it up. We can turn it up. We can make the, we can make a hobby out of you people, you know? And that's what I would do, I, I, you know, because you need to get this off of there. And the problem is, if you were dealing with normal human beings, you just call up and they go, oh, my bad. I'll call and get it off. Okay. But we're not dealing with normal human beings. You're dealing with student loan no. servicers and credit bureaus. And yep. it's just, the, it's like dumb meets dumber, you know? And it's just, God, what a what an aggravating industry. It's just, there's, and it's just, so, so the, you know, don't t let me help you guys with this life hack okay some of you are going oh i've got bad credit on there i could lie and write it and dispute it they'll probably never correct it so i can make them take the whole thing off mm. well that may work but it'll be temporary until they download next quarter's batch of data and then you'll be right back on there so you've wasted all your time so you've got to go to the root and dig out the dandelion. Otherwise, it's going to keep showing up on stinking Experian, TransUnion, whoever whoever you're dealing with over here. So um, you got to get the thing dug out by the root. And the root, in this case, lives over at the student loan service, or yeah. God help us. Mm. Yes. By the way, uh, two things. She's going to be okay. She knows that. Mm -hmm. But you just have to stay with it, so don't freak out if that happens to you. And also, i got to mention again our student loan live stream event. We've got a free event coming up. Dave Ramsey, Jade Warshaw, and Rachel Cruz. We're going to give you a lot of solutions on getting rid of your student loans, but none of them have anything to do with that call. <laughs> no, none of them at all. But when we mention student loans, I've got to mention that because there's just so many people that are underneath this thing, and it is coming. It's like a it's like a freight train coming. Uh, Come, uh, payments coming start accruing in September. Uh, Interest October. starts accruing in September. Payments due in October. Yeah, and so that's a reality coming to a lot of people. So I, I think Piper moved to uh washington dc 
<laughs> so now it's time to pay the piper. Yeah, there it is. I'm okay. just thinking. I was wondering where your guy liked yeah, that. I that's like not that. bad. I think, it's coming. I think he's got a new address. His new zip code is DC. That's right. You got to pay right. the piper now. Yeah. And uh, uh, I'm sorry, guys. This some of y'all stinks. are really facing some hard times, and we're going to help you. The name of the company is Ramsey Solutions. Why? Because we got some solutions. Mm. None of them are magic. That's right. None of them are easy, but they all work. So it's that easy, that hard. Yeah, uh, go to RamseySolutions.com slash student loans, sign up for that free live stream. Why do they make it so hard to pay off debt? You know, they make it easy to get, but that whole call illustrates they make it real easy for you to get into debt. Any no, type no, of debt, student you, they loan, don't, they don't, credit card, They don't anything. want you to have it paid off. That's they right. like collecting That's the, the interest. That's the point. We have that Navient former employee, you know, Ugh. with her identity he- he- held on a borrowed future documentary yes. talking about how they trained them yeah. to intentionally screw up the loans so they stayed on the books and they kept collecting interest oh my they gosh. trained them to do that they're freaking crooks mm. this is the ramsey show hey guys it's george and rachel Now, we've been around the block a time or two when it comes to this money stuff. And one thing we've both learned is how important it is to have a budget. 100%, George. Now tell me, what's the bougiest thing you have in your every dollar budget? Oh, gosh. A thousand percent, it's our French Bulldogs. (laughs) They have their own budget line for their fancy, specialized veterinary brand kibble. Oh, my gosh. Yep. That's definitely bougie, but hey, that's the great thing about budgeting. It's how you prioritize the important things, because if George didn't budget, let's be honest, he'll probably end up wasting that kibble money on hair care products for himself. All right, shots fired. Well, how often would you spend your grocery money on those creepy thriller novels you love? (laughs) I know. Okay, fair. You got me. Well, guys, you can experience the same focus and freedom that comes with having a budget. Download our app every dollar and start budgeting today for free. It's the easiest way to create a plan for your spending. Click the link in the show notes and start budgeting today. Ken Coleman, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Ryan is in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Hey, Ryan, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Mr. Ramsey, Mr. Coleman, thank you both for taking my call today. Sure, what's up? So, we are in baby step four, five, and six, me and my wife, and we've been married for almost two years, and found out yesterday that we have a baby on the way. Yay! Thank you, sir. Appreciate y'all. So, my question today is this. Um, I know I've heard in previous shows that you recommend us pause the baby steps when we have a baby on the way. Um, but should we pause baby step number four or investing? No. If we have. No, you've okay. got them. That would be if you're in baby steps one through three where you don't have any money. But now you've oh, got okay. a fully funded emergency fund. Yes, sir. Yeah. How much is in your emergency I, I, fund? We got 15000 Okay. You're fine. You got good health insurance to cover labor and de- labor and delivery. Yes, sir. And I'm actually one of those guys that has an emergency fund for my emergency fund. So we have about six grand and a another savings account. So That's we fine. already have the money. You to, got tw- uh, you got twenty one thousand dollars laying around to cover deductibles and whatever else. You got good health insurance. You don't. You know. You what we what we're talking about when you push pause is when you have no money. You got a thousand dollars in the account. And you're trying to pay off debt. Well, you don't need to be there with a baby on the way. So you push pause and pile up cash 
build up an emergency fund, essentially, right? And then you push play again and start reducing your debt after baby comes home and mommy and baby are healthy. Uh, but in your case, you're in baby step four, five, six. You're already there. So, no, you don't need to do that. Okay. Well, that's, that's good to hear because I really didn't want to lose that momentum when it comes to investing. So Yeah, you're doing uh, great. And now you get to thinking about opening up a college fund in nine months. Good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we're we're excited uh, about John Deloney's new book. We're we're excited about uh, purchasing that and getting that in October. So we uh, definitely appreciate all you guys and what y'all do. But uh, we yeah. just wanted to know about that because we didn't know if we needed to pause or if we needed to uh, keep on going. Cause we- yeah, I think you're in good shape, brother. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for calling in. Mackenzie is with us in Tulsa. Hi, Mackenzie. How are you? Hi, Dave. Doing great. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Well, I'm active duty military, and my husband's a stay-at-home dad at this time. Due to my career, our family is expected to move at least five times over the next 15 years or so. We don't want to be long-term renters, but how do we get in the housing game and build equity at this point? You don't. You should be a long-term renter. With rare exceptions. I would I would invest in a mutual fund, build you up a house fund, so at the end of 15 years you can just pay cash for one, get a mutual fund okay. aside, and pay yourself a house payment into that. But um, you do not want to be buying. You're going to lose your butt, Mackenzie, jumping in and out of houses every two or three years, by and large. and Because the equation is the house usually in three years, unless it's a very unusual real estate market, does not go up enough in value to be able to sell it and break even you'll lose money number mm-hmm. one number two most military markets if, if it's a if it's a small town and it's largely the economy of the town is largely supported by military there's always mm-hmm. a flood of military houses on the market so there's always right. extra supply and so they don't appreciate and it's hard to sell now there's exceptions so no to that properties either i'm sorry <laughs> No rental properties either. No, you don't want to be long-distance landlording across in, in military markets everywhere you've been stationed. Oh, no, that's a nightmare. No. Okay. You talk about having a house torn up. My God, the Harley oil will get changed in your living room. You know? No, that's that's the last thing you need to do. You don't want to be in the rental market that way. That's 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 rental property by default, not by plan. Um, now, there's a few markets that's an exception. You know, if you were in Virginia, which is the largest naval base in the world, right? You've got enough. You've got mm-hmm. a big enough economy there that those, those houses in the D, their proximity to DC and everything else, they'll they will appreciate. Or San Diego, you're doing Navy and you land in San Diego, you're probably going to okay. appreciate enough in three years to get in and out of it and actually make some money. But in none of these cases are you there long enough to have that real estate story of the house doubling while you're there. Uh, the only the only question is, can I get out of it? In other words, is the market vibrant enough to actually sell the stupid thing when I leave? And will it have gone up enough that I can sell it and make money on it? And you can actually pull those statistics. It's average days on the market, DOM. Uh, you can have a realtor pull them. What's the average days on the market for a house here? If you got average days on the market in nine days, then you got a vibrant, hot real estate market. You can know you can get rid of it when you get ready to leave. You got average days on the market of 270 days. That's a nine month sit. No. And some of these markets will have that. No, you can't. That means you're stuck. You're going to become what's known as a motivated seller and get yourself in a pinch. I know it's aggravating. 
it's but it's part we work with military we work with military for 30 years all over the world and we, we love you guys we appreciate what you do serving your country and the last thing we want you to do is get stuck in a stupid house this is not a popular opinion is my guess but i would take advantage of military housing base housing when you can i know it's not desirable for everybody but you've already decided to make this long-term commitment to serve and to your point dave if you take advantage of that and you're investing in a mutual fund in your entire career, you're going to come out with a massive, massive payment on a house, maybe able to buy something cash. And I think that's the long-term thinking that if I was in the military, I would be thinking about. There you go. Michael is with us. Michael is in Fort Collins, Colorado. Hey, Michael, how are you? Good, Dave. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Uh, Real quick, get to the point. New to your system, uh, my fiance and I are getting married in a month. We just purchased a house. Um, I had a house before we came into the relationship, and so did she. Um, I just sold my place. Her thing about putting hers on the market, and we don't know whether to put it on the market or keep it uh, and use our funds together to uh, <clears throat> go towards our new house. Um, I was doing, like I said, it was new to your program. I didn't know I was doing the whole Dave Ramsey thing, but uh, pretty so, much. So you were was, already a responsible adult before you met us. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. <laughs> Way to go. Congratulations on the marriage, Michael. Good job, man. So how much do you owe on your current home that the two of you just purchased? Uh, So a total home is 800,000. That's the mortgage? No, no, no. That's the price of the house. Now what's the mortgage? Oh, uh, on her house? No, your house. The one you just bought. I just sold, sir. No, the one the two of you just bought. Oh, uh, it'll be 2,800 bucks. No, honey. The mortgage balance. What do you owe to pay it off? Two fifty. Okay, that's what I'm after. And the yeah. other house that well, oh, we we owe two fifty. I sold my house, and I'm bringing in five fifty. Oh, and so you can pay about, it off? Well, yeah. Well, we got about uh, um, should be about a hundred from hers. So you got so six hundred fifty thousand dollars cash, and you have a two hundred fifty thousand dollars mortgage when hers sells. Yes. And so you pay off the mortgage, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Then what? Uh, well, we do have a small car loan on her Explorer. And that's gone. Now what? Um, so what's your question? You're debt free when you get married and sell her house, right? <clears throat> no, sir. I don't think you're understanding. You're right. I'm not. Uh, you got okay. $550,000. Oh, you put that down on the $800,000 house already? Yes, sir. That's oh! what I got from my house. You're I right. I wasn't understanding. I thought yes, you were sir. sitting with a half million dollars cash. Okay. So one no, no, more no, no, time, no. you owe two fifty on your house. How much is she going to get in her hand when she sells her house? About a hundred. Ah, which would be, reduce that by a hundred. You'd still owe one fifty. Yes. Other than so the fact we'll you need to pay off the, the student table. loan first. We'll be coming to the table about six fifty on an eight hundred thousand dollar home. You haven't closed on the new house. Uh, we close in about a month. Oh, I thought you told me you already it, bought it. Okay. No, it's well, we did. It's a brand new build, but yeah. we put our earnest money down. We just haven't, we just haven't closed. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Here's, I want you to pay off all consumer debt first, build an emergency fund of three to six months of expenses, and pay the rest of it on the house. And then let's concentrate on paying off what little mortgage you have. It sounds like you're going to have about 150000 bucks left over, give or take, in a mortgage. And let's go ahead and get that paid off as fast as you can. The faster you have a paid-for house with the income the two of you together throwing at it, you're going to be millionaires. This is The Ramsey Show. 
from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. He is the author of the number one best-selling book, From Paycheck to Purpose, on the Ken Coleman Show. They talk every day about careers and jobs and making more money doing something you love, and he's here to help you today. Hey, guess what? Right now, we're going to do a Baby Steps Millionaires theme hour. What that means, for those of you who haven't been with us before when we're doing that, we're only talking to millionaires this hour. Real millionaires. Not your broke brother-in-law or your communist college professor. We're talking to real millionaires about where real money comes from. We want to hear from you if you have a net worth of $1 million or greater. Let me help you with this because some people are confused. The definition of a millionaire is not a feeling. It is not a moral construct. It is not an income. There's only one definition of a millionaire. When your assets minus your liabilities equal $1 million or more, you are a millionaire. Well, you don't have a million dollars cash. Don't need a million dollars cash. When your assets minus your liabilities equals a million dollars, you are by definition a millionaire. Well, that's a net worth millionaire. That's a redundant statement. There's only one kind of millionaire, a net worth millionaire. That's the only way you measure a million dollars. I watched an idiot U.S. congressman the other day say, well, he makes a million dollars a year. He's a, he's a millionaire. No, you moron. That is not what a millionaire is. How'd you get in Congress? Unbelievable. <laughs> but yeah, so no, the, the, I don't, it's, well, that's not enough money. It's not a question of how much money it is. It's a question of, is it a million dollars? No one should have that much money. This is not a moral construct. It's an accounting function. Do you have a $1 million net worth or greater? We can discuss all the other stuff, but that's the definition of millionaire. If you fall in that category, we'd love to talk to you. We don't want to talk to your Brooke brother-in-law with an opinion who doesn't know how to vote correctly. We want to actually talk to real millionaires. That's what we're doing. So you can find out how to be one someday. And we, in the process, um, destroy all the mythology, the lies around the subject of building wealth in America today. So let's learn how it really happens. Cynthia is a millionaire. She's in Hartford, Connecticut. What's your net worth, Cynthia? Perfect. Just over the line. All right. Give me a little breakdown by category of that 1.1. Okay. I have a uh, $300,000 home in Texas. That's where I'm from. And I have a $300,000 home here in Connecticut where I work. Mm -hmm. And the, the remaining balance is in my 401k. So 600, so about 500 in your 401k. Yes. Excellent. How old are you? 52. Cool. How much of this money did you inherit? None. Zero. And since you've been working, what's your best year of income and your worst year of income? My worst year of income was when I first started nursing at about 65000 and my best year was 285000 Whoa. Wow. Travel nursing, huh? I did do travel nursing, and now I, I do home care. I'm a psychiatric nurse, and I work in home care. Okay. So your degree in psychiatry and nursing or what? No, just nursing. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. All right. And what was your GPA in school? <laughs> Maybe a 2.9. Okay. Good for you. All right. So tell us, uh, we're talking to the 24-year-old version of you. 
a quarter of a century ago. Can she still become a millionaire if she's a nurse? Yes. What should she do if she wants to do that? Work as much overtime as as is offered and invest your money right away and don't buy a brand new car like I did um, out of nursing school. Um, just start investing right away because you have time on your side. Very good. Very cool. Good for you. So um, the biggest mistake you've ever made with money was buying a new car? Yes. Well, you did pretty good. That's uh, that's not <laughs> – there's a lot dumber things you could have done, and that one's, that one's dumb, but there's worse ones. So way to go, kiddo. I'm proud of you. Congratulations. You. Do you Thank feel you. any different when you added it up and realized you were a millionaire? I, um, I do feel like there's a, a weight that has been lifted off my shoulders. I'm debt-free. I do not have an ounce of debt. So I still work every day. Um, and knowing that my three kids have that same work ethic that I do, means the world to me. So, you know, they were paying attention when they were younger. Um, I worked all the time when they were younger, you know, trying to pay off the house, pay down debt, pay off my student loans. And now I have three kids that are very ambitious and have a, a, a great work ethic. I can imagine. They watch their mom kick it. Way to go. Very cool. Very cool. So, Ken, um, one of the things we find if you watch some of the ridiculous things on social media, which is complete waste of time um but if you did you would find all these people that claim that the ability to build wealth in america today is gone uh, i call those people hope stealers because they're lying whether they mean to or not i'm not sure some of them mean to they have agendas but basically it is a lie and you're stealing people's hope when you tell them it's impossible they say oh well all wealth is now inherited so if you don't have a rich uncle you're screwed or you know the only people that become wealthy are crooks they steal the money uh, or the people that become wealthy are famous entertainers or athletes that's the only people or you got to have a a 4.4 gpa you have to be boy genius girl genius right um and the truth is that all three of those things that are sprouted and spouted by the anarchist leftists uh, are absolute lies, statistically. Well, look at Cynthia. So she goes and gets a very good degree that has a ladder attached to it. She starts at $65,000. She's now making $285,000. She promoted herself through hard Hard work, work, and she got extra qualifications by the way she didn't get an extra degree she just stayed with that nursing degree now does psychiatric nursing and is in the home care business uh we did not ask her specifically my guess is she has a small business that she runs but regardless she increases her income over a period of time almost 5x which is really astounding in that People think about nurses as, that's a good, solid career. I don't think the average American, if I went out on the street with a crew and a microphone, uh, would think that you could go from 65 to 285, and here it is. She's just going about her business. That is serious money. You think about how many people never make $285,000, and here's a nurse who's absolutely crushing it. So the American dream is alive and well and being passed on to her three kiddos. And she's living in a $300,000 house in Connecticut. <laughs> this is no shack, well, but yeah. this is no mansion. No. This is not, I mean, she's not. But she's got another $300,000 home. Paid for in Texas. Paid for. Both of them paid for in Texas. Yeah, Texas she's rocking it. Yeah. 
Yeah. But her consumption is very low. That's correct. That's my point. Her need to impress others is non-existent. Yeah. Well, the easy, these are the everybody. attributes of real millionaires, boys and girls. Listen carefully. This is the Ramsey Show. It's a Baby Steps Millionaires theme hour. If you have a net worth of $1 million or greater, we'd like to talk to you and learn about you so that the listeners can be one too. You can figure out what the model looks like, what the template looks like, and the more you emulate it, the faster you're going to get there. Gerald is with us in Arizona. Hi, Gerald. How are you? I'm doing very well, sir. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's your net worth, sir? <laughs> uh, about 1.4 to 1.5. Excellent. Give me a little breakdown by category. We have about, my wife and I have about 520000 525000 in 401k, mm-hmm. IRA. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, oh, pardon me, about 320 in uh, higher interest CDs, mm-hmm. uh, another forty in uh, two different savings accounts. And the rest is in property. Okay. So you got like 800 in property, huh? Uh, we have about 650 to 700. Property, about 600. Yes. Yeah. Okay. In real estate. Got it. Okay. How old are you? Um, 65. Okay. Cool. How much of this did you inherit? None. Zero. And your best year Thank of God. income, <laughs> um, your best year of income and your worst year of income since you've been working. Uh, since I've been working, my worst year of income was my first year in the Marine Corps, so that was about four thousand dollars way back when. Thanks and for your service. Was, uh, you're quite welcome. The best I would say between my wife and I had to be about one hundred and forty to one hundred and fifty. Okay, cool. What, what was your career? I was uh, a painting contractor. I owned my own business for almost thirty years. Okay, and did you uh, get a four-year degree? No, I'm a high school graduate. Okay, cool. What was your GPA in uh, high school? Oh, about 3.4, I would guess, on high side. Okay, cool. Good for you. All right, so as a painting contractor and a Marine, you were able to establish a $1.5 million net worth with no inheritance uh, by age 65. Way to go! Yeah, we're happy. We're relaxed, more importantly. Here, here. Here, here. What do you tell people the key to causing this to happen is? I mean, what if you got a young person listening that's in the trades and they've been told you have to have a four-year degree or you're never going to be anything and you've just proven otherwise, which is wonderful. So what do you tell that young person in the trades? Can they become a millionaire and what should they do? Uh, they can absolutely become a millionaire uh, or more. The first thing I would advise them to do is to take advantage of any and every saving opportunity for that compound interest. And be patient. Everybody wants something now. You can do it if you think and stay patient. That's it. That's it. Steady. Slow and steady wins the race. Get rich quick. It doesn't work. Get rich quick because you have to start over too many times. I know I did that (laughs) one. I'm so dumb I had to be a millionaire twice in this this life. So um, there you go. I'm proof you can do it. Believe me. Hey, man, thank you for calling in. That's absolutely incredible. You're a hero. Ken, that's uh, uh, our buddy Mike Rowe would like that. Yes, Shout out would. to the trades. Yes, he would. And and listen, when you look at today and you look at the trade opportunities, uh, it is a massive, massive, like six, eight lane super highway to being a millionaire because they're willing to train you 
and they are willing to start you very, very quickly. The time between training to actually earning is is almost non-existent with a lot of trade schools. Give me an example. Just I'll pick one trade, welding. You know, you can, and you know what the other thing I thought about just what's now? What's that? When you're a welder or you're a painting contractor, you're not going to lose your job to no. AI. No, you will not. No. AI exactly can't right. do it. It's exactly right. It's exactly right. And uh, so the point is, is that you can actually get on the job experience, getting paid while you're getting trained. And if you just juxtapose that, you just go, okay, wait a second, that's one path versus I've got to go to a four-year school and I don't have the money for it and I get into debt over $100,000 versus I'm making $50,000, $60,000, $75,000 in the trades with an opportunity one day to own your own business. I, we've got to start to get rid of the stigma. What and I'll tell you, love, Gerald will tell you the downside of that. You, you're going to get a callus. Well, sure. <laughs> Do you know how many times that guy couldn't feel his shoulders after a long day of being on a ladder? Not just on your tongue. You're going to get a callus. Not just on your thumbs, you keyboard warriors, but you're actually going to get like a real callus on your hand. You'll need a good chiropractor. (laughs) Chris is in Los Angeles. Chris, what's your net worth? Uh, $2,018,000, Dave. All right. Two million bucks. All right. Give me a little breakdown by category. Okay, retirement accounts, 401ks, 403B, we have uh, $1.3 million. Uh, house equity, 620000 and then uh, 100000 in cash. Good for you. All right. How old are you? 62. All right, Just cool. turned 62. And how much of this did you inherit? Zero. Zero. And your best year working income and your worst year working income? Best year, our combined would have been three hundred and eighty, and the worst year would have been twenty five thousand right out of college. Cool. What's been your career? I'm a international airline pilot. However, I'm, uh, I'm physically grounded uh, right now, so I'm not going to be able to fly to sixty five. Okay. Just uh, uh, the physicals you guys have to take. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, every six months, yeah, as an airline pilot, you have to pass a physical, and um, I they discovered I have bone cancer, so um, I'm on long-term disability till the end of my career. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Did you get a four-year degree to be a pilot? Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. In aeronautics or whatever? Okay. And what, yeah. was, your, what was your GPA? Uh, 3.5. Okay. Hey, that physical th- that was required, did that cause you to catch this early? Um, it, it did because, uh, uh, my blood work came back bad. So, um, my FAA doctor sent me to an oncologist. Yeah. Cause we're the same yeah. age and I don't do a physical every six months. I can promise you. <laughs> so I'm just well, thinking that that yeah. might've actually been a, a benefit. It, did it help? Did it help catch it early? I mean, is that going to help you? It, it did. I mean, I'm on something called, uh, early stage and, uh, the, it's a, it's a chronic disease, so it won't go away. But um, it did help it, um, and the 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 problem with the FAA is that my um, the b- bone marrow uh, cancer causes me to be anemic, which causes me to be dizzy. So flying is not. I can't even drive a car anymore. So oh, man. flying is out of the yeah out of the loop. Okay, all right. Well, I'm sorry for that. That's mm-hmm. awful because you. I'm sure you loved it too. Oh yeah, yeah. It was great. I I did a. 23 years uh, flying with the Navy and uh, with, uh, I can't say the name of the company, but um, you know them well. They're in the South. 
mm-hmm. uh, a large company, and I've uh, been with them for 23 years. And you were flying the big boys across uh, on International then? Yeah, uh, going uh, out of LAX, uh, going to Sydney, Japan, Shanghai, and then on the East Coast, we'd go to uh, Paris and Brussels. Mm. Yeah. And that's not not a bad career after the Navy career. Thanks for your service. If you're, oh, we get a lot of calls from people that want to be pilots, and um, the path is really rough if you don't go through the. Uh, the path is a lot of debt, and uh, of course, the pilots start out. Young pilots start out making nothing now, as you know. Um, and if they don't go through the, uh, air force routine or, or some kind of a military routine to get their hours, then it's a, it, it can end up being a ton of debt. Yes. So do you have any advice for young pilots or somebody wants to be in this career? Yeah, uh, I do. Um, uh, my oldest son is actually going through this. He went through civilian training, which was very expensive, cost him $70,000 to do that. And then he figured out quite quickly that, uh, Air National Guard was a great way. And so he's in with the uh, Air National Guard building hours, and uh, he'll move over to commercial and replace me eventually. Yeah. But uh, I recommend that if, if you're not looking for a full-time um, military position, mm-hmm. reserve or guard is the way to go. Yeah. And National Guard is good about paying for education as well. So Absolutely. they got great programs mm-hmm. on that. Hey, thanks again for your service. I'm sorry for you getting grounded. That's a horrible diagnosis, but uh, the good news is you're in really good shape financially, and they caught it early. So that that's all a good part of the story. Thank you for sharing your story with us, sir. You're a hero. This is The Ramsey Show. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. This is a Baby Steps Millionaires theme hour. We're talking to real millionaires, asking who they are, what they are, how they did it, so that you have a model from real people who really built wealth, not your broke brother-in-law with an opinion, not your, uh, well, whatever, not not the wrong people. Because a lot of people, it's amazing to me, the broke people have a lot of a mon- have yeah. a lot of opinions about money. Yeah, and careful the 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 ones with a lot of followers on the Tic Tac who tell you what being a millionaire constitutes or how to get there because they may not have any money at all. It's, it's entirely possible. <laughs> they may have a million followers, but not much yeah. money. Your net worth is not measured in social media footprint. That's not the truth. Help you with that. And that's kind of like uh, the uh, real insight that Facebook friends aren't real friends. Yeah, like, right. who knew? Yeah. You want your tire changed at 2 in the morning? You yeah. don't call a Facebook friend. Well, I'll just tell you that. that the okay. truth? I'll help you with that one. All right. So, uh, yeah, it turns out the uh, virtual world is not real. Who knew? Mm. That's why they call it virtual. A lot of hype. So, anyway, real millionaires is what we're talking to this hour. The phone number here is 888-825-5225. A reminder that a millionaire is a an accounting definition there's only one definition there's only one kind of millionaire everything else is a modified version like i met a guy one time who had one million dollars cash and he had other assets too Mm -hmm. but he liked to say i'm a cash millionaire well that's true you're a cash millionaire and you're more than a millionaire Mm -hmm. so because your assets minus your liabilities what you own minus what you owe equals your net worth that is not disputable you don't get to make up the definition of a recession a recession is two 
quarters of the gross domestic product, two consecutive quarters of the gross domestic product going down. A recession is not a feeling that they have on Fox News. It's not a feeling that the Biden administration has. A recession is an economic measure of data. And you don't get to make up these definitions, people. You just decide. Some of you people just decide crap and you're wrong. So I'm just helping you with this because it helps you. That way you don't end up falling in the category of hope stealer. Tina, on the other hand, is an actual millionaire in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Tina, what is your net worth? It is $1.9 million. Excellent. Give me a little breakdown on that. So about a million is in 401k between me and my husband. Mm -hmm. We have about a half a million in real estate and property Mm -hmm. and a little over 400,000 in cash. Good for you. Excellent job. How old are you? 50 years old. Five zero. And how much of this did you inherit? I inherited a lot of bad habits, but no money. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even going to comment on that. I have relatives listening. (laughs) That's fabulous. All right. So zero. And uh, what's your best year of working income, your worst year of working income? So my worst year, I started working at 15. So that was about $5,000. My best year has been uh, this year at uh, roughly $480,000. Good for you. What do you do for a living? I work in um, healthcare as an HR professional. Wow. Okay. And I also serve on several paid boards. I can imagine. Nice. And uh, you got a four year degree in HR or a master's or what? I have a law degree, actually. Oh, you're a lawyer. Okay, good. All right. And what was your GPA in law school? Um, it was about a 2.8. Okay, good for you. Perfect, perfect. No, I love this, Dave. I got to jump in here because, Tina, I want to know. I mean, you're very successful. You're crushing it. How many times have people asked you what your GPA was in law school in a professional <laughs> setting? Thankfully, never. Okay, yeah. just wanted to point that out. <laughs> Nobody cares what her GPA was. They want to know, Tina, what are we supposed to do with this situation? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Good yeah, for well, you. Tina, we got a mess here. Can you help us? Yeah, that's what they really want <laughs> to know, right? That's exactly right. Yep. Yeah. A- HR is Greek for mess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow. Okay, what advice do you have for the younger version of you? Can she still do this? And um, what should she do to be you when she grows up? So I actually get the opportunity to talk to young people all the time. And one of the first things I do is always buy them total money makeover. My, my nieces, my I nephews, knew I loved you. have kids grow, uh, <laughs> graduated from college. Um, I always send them total money makeover because you have to educate yourself. That's one thing that I didn't have. I didn't know. I didn't have anybody who taught me about money and spending and debt. And so I try to pass that gift on to the younger generation Mm. so they're at least aware. Amen. Amen. In order to build wealth, what do they need to do tactically with money? What's the plan? Well, you need to live below your means and really stay out of debt is is to me the, the biggest thing is staying out of debt, not trying to keep up with Joneses. Yeah. Way to go. You're amazing. I'm honored to talk to you, hero. Very, very, very well done. 
Okay, we did the largest study of millionaires ever done in North America. My friend Tom Stanley, who passed away a few years ago, his daughter Sarah has continued his work, wrote a book in 1992 called The Millionaire Next Door. He studied 750 millionaires. He was a marketing professor at Georgia State University, and he sold eight bazillion of those books and became the millionaire next door. <laughs> but uh, that book was extremely popular. Uh, but the critics, uh, the, the leftists, all said, oh, well, who never takes statistics classes? 750 is not a large enough sample size to draw the conclusions of where millionaires really come from. However, it is statistically significant, and it is actually excellent research but these are people that don't know so when we got ready to do this 30 years later we said all right 30 years later let's relook the idea where do millionaires come from let's survey millionaires i said 750 is statistically significant but we know the leftists aren't going to like it the communists aren't going to like it when we say that america's not so broken you can't win so we better have more than enough let's go let's just go 10 times statistically significant let's study 7500 millionaires well we got carried away and we ended up surveying and studying 10167 of them and to, we can't find anybody that studied anywhere near that large a sample size or the data that is as tightly roped in our research technique and methodology was airtight to the point that if you don't agree with the conclusions of this study you are what's known as wrong okay that's how that tight this data is so here's an interesting one. 98% of millionaires, that's all of them, when asked the question, can you become a millionaire today in America, said yes. Well, of course they did. They're millionaires. I mean, ask a guy who rides a bike. Do you believe people in America can ride a bike today? 98% will say yeah. Yeah, I can ride. You know, I rode a bike. The other guy rode a bike. You can ride a bike. I mean, because you, you've done it. People who haven't done it are the ones that doubt. You know, that's the thing. 69% of Americans, when we studied the general public, asked the same question. Only 69% believed it was still possible. So it turns out belief causes action. If you don't believe saving money will make you rich, then why would you save money? So first you have to believe that it works, and then you take action on that belief. So belief is part of the equation. The other thing, of course, is this famous thing of, well, all money's inherited. 79% of the millionaires inherited precisely zero. So far today, we've talked to four. They've inherited precisely zero. Another 5% of the millionaires we talked to did get an inheritance, but it was mathematically so small that it would not cause you to become a millionaire, like grandma left them 5000 bucks, that kind of stuff. Okay, another 5% received a substantial inheritance after they were already millionaires. So it obviously didn't cause them to become a millionaire. Like you might got 250,000 bucks, but you already had a net worth of 2.5. So let me help you with a 79, zero, five small and five after that's 89. That's nine out of 10 of America's millionaires did not become millionaires because of inherited money. When someone tells you that, they are at a minimum wrong, at a maximum lying. You don't have to inherit it. You have to do the stuff to get there, though. This is The Ramsey Show. It's a Baby Steps Millionaire's theme hour. Our scripture of the day, Romans 5, 4 through 5. Patience 
produces character, character produces hope, and this hope will never disappoint us. Thomas Paine said, reputation is what men and women think of us. Character is what God and the angels know of us. Christian is with us in Michigan. Christian, what is your net worth? Hey, Dave, I'm at 1.1. Excellent. Give me a little breakdown on category. So sitting about 900 in real estate, about 180 in investments, and between uh, vehicles and cash, about 75. Gotcha. How old are you? Uh, 32. Wow, young one today. Okay, good. How much of this did you inherit? Uh, nothing, just just wisdom. Zero, all right. And what's your best year working income, your worst year working income? Between my wife and I uh, combined starting out about 60, and this year opens our best at uh, hopefully about 200. Excellent. Good for you. Well done. And what's your career, sir? Uh, I'm in actually landscape sales. Okay, very good. You got a four-year degree? I do, um, for you're in uh, business. In business, okay, excellent. What was your GPA? Uh, 3.1. Excellent, good for you. Okay, cool, cool. Well, you did this quick. What do you attribute being a millionaire so early to 32? How do you tell people you did that? Yeah, a lot of a lot of blessings from God along the way. And, um, I mean, honestly, just listening to this program a lot and seeing how other people are doing it, kept that drive going. There's lots of times we wanted to just, go do fun stuff with everybody else. But I mean, really just, we kind of knew, knew what we want in life and the dreams we have. And this is kind of the way to, to have that. So house is paid off. House is paid off. What's, and it's worth 900. How'd you, when, when, how old were you when you paid your house off? Paid the house off this year. It's worth about seven seventy five, And, uh, we've got a, uh, another house that we own too. And, uh, that's kind of a rental income. My wife runs that business and, um, working on that one too. So this actually, the beginning of this year, we got our house paid off. Okay. So that, in your case, is the larger portion of your net worth. And so to say it contributed to your net worth, no, it, it, it is a lot of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well done, man. Well done. How's it Thank feel? I, I thought it'd feel a little more like we hit it, we're there. But, I mean, now that I'm talking to you, it feels a little more real. Uh, it feels good. I can't wait to see what's what's next. I hear you. Well, congratulations, sir. Yeah, you know, it's Christian, I got to ask you this. Uh, it's less about the status of being a millionaire, and it's more about the feelings that come with the peace and the options you have. Is that fair to say? 100%. It's just what what can we do? How can we love others? And how can we explore and just yeah, kind of live a little bit more? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't change the way you feel as much as it changes the way you're, you see the world in perspective. Yeah, it feels Absolutely. nice. But it, it, boy, I tell you, you know, I tell you who's not struggling with inflation right now is Christian. <laughs> and I'm not making light of inflation because it's squeezing a lot of Americans. But I do want to point out. Yeah. He, he's not stressed out about inflation. Yeah. Congratulations, sir. Very proud of you. Well done. Tammy is in Michigan. Tammy, what is your net worth? Uh, 1.6 million. Excellent. Give me a little breakdown by category. 1.1 in retirement, 300,000 cash, 100,000 in our home, and 100,000 in our business. Excellent. Okay. How old are you? 54. Excellent. How much and my of this? husband's 58. So. How much of this did you inherit? 10,000, and we use that as a down payment for a truck, which is our business. Uh, lately? Uh, no, that was in 96. Do oh. you remember your first Fox Business News? I think it was your first one, 
show. On I Fox don't. Business, I, I remember doing Fox Business, and I remember, but I don't remember the the content of the show. No, we, you, you, uh, you were, were a caller. I think. Uh, yeah, we were a caller, and we sent you a picture of our truck and our house. Uh, we are those people. Okay, I love it. So I don't know that. I don't know if that was oh eight or oh nine. Yeah, or when that was. That was about. That yeah. was about when it was. Excellent. Yeah. Very cool. So you inherited zero. What was your best year working no, income? No, we inherited ten thousand. I'm sorry, ten thousand. I'm sorry. Excuse yeah, me. down payment on on our first yeah, truck in nineteen ninety. Yeah, I got that. And uh, income, your best year and worst year. Uh, best was one hundred thirty four thousand adjusted gross, and worst was twenty two to twenty four. What were the careers? Uh. Well, right now it's truck driver. We own our truck and trailer, and we drive it together as a husband-wife team. Uh, we've also been farmers. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Uh, four-year degree or not? I have one, and Nick has a trade school degree. Okay. All right. What was your GPA? 3.6. Good for you. Very cool. All right. So being a farmer and a truck driver by 54 years old, uh, with only inheriting $10,000, which obviously does not make you a millionaire, uh, you end up with $1.6 million net worth. Um, can people still do this today? Yes. Uh, what should they do if they want to be you? Uh, if you keep track of your numbers and make sure your equipment is in good shape, if you own your own truck, if you're a driver, definitely. Um, you need to uh, automatic investing. That was a big thing with us. Treat mm-hmm. it like it's a bill. Mm-hmm. And uh, same page as your spouse, which is easy to do when we're driving a truck side by side. You can't get away from them. The, <laughs> yeah. And uh, we kept our nose to the grindstone. And uh, we had a goal of being a millionaire. Wow. Wow. Good for you guys. Yeah. Having a goal. That's a good thing. People yeah. don't bring that up enough. Yeah. Tammy, when did you hit it? When did you hit it? What age did you guys actually get there? Oh, wow. I remember hitting 500 in 2016. We probably hit it. We hit it in 2020, maybe 2019, possibly. So roughly 50. That's pretty amazing. And again, driving a truck. And in four years, I've almost doubled it Yeah, since then. So that's that's the way that works. Way to go, Tammy. Way to go, you guys. I'm proud of y'all. Very well done, heroes. So, um, Ken, we didn't talk to anyone who stole the money. No. No crooks. Uh, we didn't talk to anybody who was a Hollywood star or a uh, country music star or other kind of music star. No, you're right. Um, we didn't talk to anybody who inherited their money that made them a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't talk to anybody that had over a 4.0 GPA. The highest was a 3.6. Her. That's right. Yep. Yeah, 3.6, 3.4, 2.9, 3.5. you got to be smart enough, but not too smart, apparently. Um, well, you, you don't have to be a rocket surgeon. I mean, you just got to be able to, you know, a you, rocket surgeon. You just created a new career there. That's I know, impressive. I know Instead they of, fix broken rockets. Yeah, ro- rocket. I like that actually. Well, it's the old Alabama football <laughs> player joke, but yeah, yeah. But the uh, um, yeah, not you know. Well, here's not the, rocket scientists, not brain surgeons, this but is rocket cool. surgeons. So there so you go. Uh, our our highest earner had the lowest GPA. As I'm looking at our. <laughs> It's true. Our highest the, law, the lawyer, the lawyer who's in HR. HR. Yeah. She she had she she edged out uh, the other one by about seventy thousand. But just to point out, it's about the quality of your work, not what you were as a student. So yeah. pretty interesting here as we look at all these numbers. And again, so uh, yeah, uh, psychiatric nurse. Yep. 
painting contractor, yep. pilot, HR professional that was a lawyer, yep. landscaper, truck driver. Yeah. How about that? Again, I didn't see medical doctor. No. Uh, no professional athletes there. No celebrities, by the way. Yeah. No. Oh, oh, no, no social media influencer on this list. I just want to point that yeah. out. Although some of them are doing very well. They Thank are. You. They are. But the point here yeah. is that the get rich quick is, uh, it can happen, Yeah, but it doesn't happen often. Yeah. It's just got very few Skittles and rainbows involved. Right. Not much glitter. Yeah. It's just kind of like work. Yeah. Is what it sounds like. You know, this is a, you got to do your stuff, man. So, um, well, that's what the book Baby Steps Millionaires is about. The uh, study that we talked about earlier in the hour, the largest study a millionaire's ever done. The white paper for the studies in the back of the book Baby Steps Millionaires. So, if you want to know more about what's really going on in the culture with wealth building, well, we probably know more about it than anybody right now. And you pick that book up; it's a number one bestseller. It'll help you get going on it. Ken, good show today. Thank that you, puts sir. this hour in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Hey, it's Ken. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click on the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.